Good morning. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me back yet again. I believe that spirituality should be something practical, not just ideas or theories or beliefs or even great traditional stories. But I think that it should be a set of tools that actually work. A lot of us have a toolbox at home, has perhaps a screwdriver and some pliers and hammers and nails. And of course, you have to have duct tape and WD-40 to, for things that move or don't move. And maybe a crowbar and a few other things. So that when something changes in our environment and becomes uncooperative, a leak or a stuck drawer, a broken latch, or any of a thousand other different things, there is something that we can do. There is something that we can use to respond to it with, tools. And hopefully they're tools that work and we know where they are. With our inner life, things change as well, sometimes all too suddenly. A loss of a loved one, a miscommunication, an anger, a fear, a depression. We get things that we do not want to get, and we don't get things that we do want. We suffer. And if we've been paying attention while we've been on this planet, we realize that we can't really control these changes. Not the changes in our bodies, not the changes in our relationships, not in our feelings, not in the larger world around us. But we do need to respond. And for this, we need some tools. And I think what we need are spiritual tools. Tools to connect us with something deeper, something larger, something more meaningful than what we see changing around us. Now, before we can use a tool, we need to know something about the situation, and we need to know what we want that tool to do. What are we trying to accomplish? And when it comes to our suffering, I think we have some misconceptions about what we want to have happen. When we're suffering, we feel separated from our well-being. We feel separated from our sense of happiness, from what we want. And we come to believe that what we want, our happiness and our well-being, is elsewhere. It's in some future moment, if I only try hard enough to get there. Or perhaps in the past that I've just left. Or maybe it's in some other location. If I just go somewhere else, maybe I'll be happy or have peace, or in some different circumstance. And so we struggle, and then we struggle some more, and then struggle even more frantically and desperately, trying to get what we need or what we want, and trying to get away from what we don't want. Ancient teachers talked about this situation as being 
like a wheel, chasing something around the edge that we never quite get to, running away from things that we can never really quite escape, all the changes of our life. And I think that that's a good image for our situation and for our struggles. I like the image of a merry-go-round. We've all played on a merry-go-round, right? Maybe not in the last week or two, but uh, (laughs) we know what it's like. If you're out there on the edge, you're holding on for dear life. Oh, help, help, help. It's going too fast. What am I going to do? And we get to scream and make noise. But what happens if you go towards the center of that wheel? It becomes slower and stiller and more quiet. And at the center, it's really quite still, very peaceful there. When we move towards that center, we're moving towards that quiet, still place. And that is a great analogy for our possible responses to change to how we deal with our struggle. When we're out near the edge, when we're struggling, it's speedy, it's desperate, it's disconnected. But what we want, what we need at that point, isn't somewhere else. It's not in a future moment, it's not in the past, it's not in another circumstance. It's a center that's already here. It's already right now. Like the center of that wheel. center of that wheel, of that merry-go-round, is in the present moment when you're holding on near the edge. And our spiritual tools are what we use to remember this center, to reconnect with it, to find our way home to what's still and peaceful. We can come from our sense of speedy disconnection to a center that's already there, always there. And luckily, this remembering, this journey of return can be quite simple if we know that that center is really right here and now, not somewhere else. I'm going to mention six different tools that we can use to remember this center, but I think we might find that they're all different ways of saying the same thing and which one that we use when we find things speedy and changing depend on our personal preferences and what feels natural. The first of these tools, and if you've heard me before, this one's not a surprise, mindfulness. I have a reading... The Buddha once said, My friends, it is through the establishment of the lovely clarity of mindfulness that you can let go of grasping after past and future, overcome attachment and grief, abandon all clinging and anxiety, and awaken an unshakable freedom of heart here, now. Mindfulness is something simple. It's not fancy. It's really quite easy to do. Right now, um, if you wish, you can pay attention to what's going on. You can notice what's happening in this moment. Notice your breathing, what it feels like. 
You can be aware of the changing sensations in your body right now, the pressure of how you're sitting, the temperature of your skin, the sounds around you. Without judgment, you can notice any internal process, thoughts, feelings. These are all examples of mindfulness, just noticing what is right now. And mindfulness is like changing a channel. We move from being lost in thought, holding on to the edge of that merry-go-round, to just being present, just noticing it. Just being mindful moves us from that edge towards the center. Being mindful, we can notice rapid change and something a little bit more subtle underneath that, the calm presence that's always there. And the more we practice mindfulness, the easier it is to find when we start to spin and get anxious and stressed. The second tool, curiosity or inquiry, once we can see clearly, once we notice a little bit more of what's happening, we can start to ask some questions about it. What is this really? What am I seeing here? Can I actually hold on to anything in this moment? Can I control anything that's going on here? And what happens if I struggle right now? Is this going to work? Or am I just creating some more suffering? If we see it clearly, we can start to let it go. The mind tells us lots and lots of stories, and we believe them. Scary stories, hopeful stories, all sorts of demanding stories. I've got to have this cookie right now, or what? And we can begin to inquire and ask, is this really true? What is my mind saying here? Is this actually what I'm aware of right now? In Hollywood, um, there are whole sets that are built to look like old Wild West towns with the main street, and you've got the saloon, and you've got the post office, and the general store, and the courthouse, and the jail, and it looks real, at least to the camera. But if you had some curiosity, and you really looked, you would find that these were probably all plywood fronts, well painted, and they were held up by two-by-fours two behind them. Nothing really there substantial. And you discover that with curiosity. And a lot of the stories that our mind tells us are just like it. Scary stories, but if we start looking carefully, what's really here? A couple of small pieces that we remember from the past, one or two guesses about a future that we cannot really predict, all carefully pieced together to make it look like a reality. And if we're mindful and curious, we begin to see through that. What's here right now? And as we begin to see through it, we're moving from that edge of speed and discontent towards that center of peace and balance. Next tool... Letting go. 
Letting go is a wonderful way to move from that edge of the wheel, from our struggle, even all the way towards the center of peace. But we need to understand a little bit about letting go and what that really means. What is it that we're letting go of? It's not that we're letting go of objects and circumstances, people and changes around us. That can be difficult to do. The letting go that takes us from that edge of struggle to peace is letting go of our wanting things to be different from what they are. It's not the stuff outside. It's wanting it to be different. If you want a good recipe for misery, take any moment you have and tell a story about how it should be different. It'll work. I just about guarantee it. Having a bruised elbow hurts, losing a friend is sad, but is the mind saying that it should be different, that it should have happened different, that takes us to that spinning edge of suffering? Say to yourself, the weather should be different. It should be 60 degrees out there. You can say that as long as you want. It's not. One of the teachers I like, Byron Katie is her name, She says that if you argue with reality, you will lose, but only 100% of the time. (laughs) That's one of those refrigerator teachings. You can put it up there and check on it every once in a while. Yeah, it still works just like that. And the surprise is that if we let go, It's not that we're letting go of a chance to do something. This is one of these paradoxes. We can actually act more wisely, more powerfully, and more decisively because we're coming from that still center, not some lost thought pattern uh, that our mind has constructed. When you let go, you can be 100% with what is happening right now without judgment. Yet another tool, compassion. Our separateness and defensiveness are what we experience as we're on that outer edge of struggle. When we're on that outer edge of struggle, it all seems to be about me. Closer I am to that edge, the more I'm struggling, the more I'm focused on what's happening with me. And the closer that we are to center, the more we're connected with that sense of open heart. There we discover it's more about interbeing and interdependence. Me talking here today, it's really not about me or my story, the teachings that I'm sharing. They've been carefully held and practiced for centuries. I feel grateful for that. That I'm talking here today at all, it's because you are here. And people that we know spent incredible amounts of time and dedication to give us this building, to build this community where we could talk like this. It's one of the paradoxes. The closer that we are to that center, the more room there is for others. And it is a practice. The more that we open our hearts and cultivate kindness and compassion, 
the more we forget about that speed and struggle and find the center that is in all of us. If I see that center in you, I'm already home. I'm free. Next, our next tool, joy, or lightness, or even a sense of humor. I mention this as a tool because it's something that we usually don't think of, that we can bring it to a situation. We think of joy as an outcome, something that I will get if external circumstances are arranged correctly. But joy is something that we can learn and choose more and more. We can get connected with this sense of lightness and a sense of humor. The faster that we're spinning, the closer we are to the edge of that wheel, the more serious everything looks. In fact, that's a good way to tell if you ever wonder, am I at the edge of my wheel? Check out how serious everything looks. If it's really serious, you're way out there. And joy can help loosen that grip. One teacher taught his students a two-finger meditation. It's real quick. You can try it right now. You need both of your index fingers. Take them, put them right at the corner of your lips, and push up. (laughs) The next time things look serious or stressful, go to a mirror and try that meditation. You might be surprised. And try that any time. And finally, our last tool, wisdom. Wisdom is about our understanding of who we really are. And if we know that, then nothing can really take us away from that center. Because who we really are is that center. The unchanging in the midst of change the unconditioned freedom in the midst of all limitations. We are not our circumstances. Those come and go. We are not our thoughts and feelings. Those come and go and change. We are not bodies or identities or any of the things that we can be aware of. Beneath all that changes is that still center that awareness that registers it all. And that is who we are, pure awareness, vast, open, peaceful, and forever free. I've talked about six spiritual tools, mindfulness, curiosity, letting go, compassion, joy, and wisdom. But really, they are all pointing at the same thing, the same process, seeing clearly where we are and relaxing back to center. When life brings us the next wave of change, in whatever form, may we remember this precious truth that what we most need is already close at hand, here And now, our center, unconditioned and free. Thank you all very much.